So perhaps you remember the Jetsons cartoon. Does some of you remember the Jetsons cartoon? It was this futuristic cartoon of how life was going to be so easy because of all of these modern conveniences that we were going to have someday. And growing up, I thought it was so cool because the Jetsons in this cartoon, they would put their um, whatever they wanted to have for dinner into their little microwave thing, and boom, it would just be ready in an instant. I'm not that much of a cook, so I thought that would be really handy someday to have that happen. They could also, you know, get ready for the day. They'd move into a spot, take a little shower, and be ready to go in two seconds flat. They had a robot that would come and do their cooking and their laundry and all their cleaning for them so they didn't have to do it. And if they wanted to go somewhere, they would fly. And the skies were always clear and there was no pollution and it was wonderful. And the question in this cartoon was, what should one do with all of their free time? Because as things get much more automated, we were going to have all this extra time in our lives. Has any of that ever really happened? It doesn't really appear that one more piece of technology, does it, is going to bring us more time or more happiness. Today, statistics tell us that more than 90% of Americans keep their cell phone within reach 24-7. I won't ask you, but most of you have a cell phone with you, even right now. The average response time for an email is 90 minutes. And the average response time for a text message is 90 seconds. Do you ever get frustrated when you text somebody and they don't immediately text you back? It's because we have this expectation that everybody is on 24-7. If we can be reached all the time because we have a phone in our pocket, we are expected to be on 24-7. And if somebody isn't responding fast enough or responding to our text fast enough, we get frustrated in our culture. But is this relentless pace good for us? Is this relentless pace good for us? We do all of these multiple tasks now. We, we drive and talk on the phone. We're helping our kids or our grandkids with their schoolwork while we're trying to manage stuff even on our own electronics. Zoom meetings and Google Classroom are now household words. Our 24-7 world is not going to change anytime soon. And life is just going to continue to get more and more intense as we have the ability to do more things simultaneously. But what does this relentless pace do to our heart and our soul? And how can we disconnect from our world that is always on? Maybe some of you can remember, even in your own lifetime, when things weren't open on Sundays or when stores weren't open on Sundays. There wasn't sporting events that you could go to or the movie theater that you could go to. And now we have all of those choices and all of those options and it takes more effort for us to carve out time to make Sunday a different day than everything else. But we need Sunday as a day to breathe, a weekly day of rest to be able to help to renew our heart, our mind, and our soul. 
We're in a series of messages called Lessons from the Teacher. We're taking a look at some of these teachings of daily, uh, teachings of Jesus for our daily living. And using the school metaphor that we've been using for each week, what we're talking about this week is recess. Recess is important for kids at school, isn't it? It's the most fun part of the day. And even when uh, the weather was bad outside, you'd still have, at least for me growing up, we'd still have indoor recess. We'd still have this time that was carved out that you could have free choice. You could do whatever you wanted to do in that time. And what happens to recess as we get older? I think we still need it. And so we're gonna talk about finishing our series this morning as Jesus talked about Sabbath, that recess time in our lives. So let's pray real quick as we get started. Gracious God, thanks for your word and thank you for all that you taught your early disciples and for what you continue to teach us today. And so Lord, I pray that our hearts and our mind might hear from you and what your spirit would have for each of us this morning. In the name of Christ, amen. Jesus talked many times about the Sabbath. It was a part of the Jewish culture. It was required in the Ten Commandments. It was built into the rhythm of how Jesus, how God created the world. And for the Jews in the Sabbath, it would be from sundown on Friday during the day on Saturday until um, sundown on Saturday. That 24-hour period where you would set that apart to worship and to rest your body and soul. And just as God created this daily rhythm for us of waking and sleeping, so too he creates a weekly rhythm for us that includes a day of rest. And this concept was so important, it was included in the Ten Commandments. You'll see up there on the screen, Exodus chapter 20, 8 through 10, this is part of the Ten Commandments. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And so God says every seventh day, take a day off. Sabbath literally means a day of rest. It means to cease from working. Stop doing your primary vocation on that day and look for God. And Sabbath was meant to protect us as workers. It was meant for a day of renewal and rest. Sabbath is sort of this refuge and it's really important. The problem is that when Jesus came along, The Sabbath had become this day of rules that the Pharisees had made it to be. There were 39 different activities that you could not do on the Sabbath, and if you did even one of them slightly, then you would be in trouble and you'd have to repent before God. And instead of the Sabbath being this day of rest and renewal that it had intentionally been uh, designed to do, it became this day of burden that you had to make sure that you knew all of these laws, all of these 39 different categories and you weren't doing any of them. And so that's where we pick up our story in Mark chapter 2, 23 to 27 today. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? One of those 39 activities you couldn't harvest on the Sabbath. He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abitar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus cuts right to the point of this tension that they were experiencing there. The Sabbath is meant to be this day of rest and renewal and refreshment, and yet it had become a day of these burdensome laws that took the joy right out of what it was intended to be. And so Jesus, like a good teacher, cuts right into the middle of that, and he says you have to remember what the Sabbath is intended for. It's intended for people, it's intended for rest, it's intended for renewal, and you have to keep it there. You can't go too far to the one way where it becomes a whole list of rules and regulations, but you can't also come all the way over here where you skip it altogether. You have to stay focused on why it's important. It's a day intended for spiritual, mental, and physical restoration. A lady called a pastor one day upset. She said, I called you all day Monday and I couldn't get through to you. And the pastor said, well, Monday is my day off. Then the lady said, well, the devil never takes a day off. And the pastor replied, yes, and if I didn't take a day off, I would be just like the devil. (laughs) Sabbath is important for all of us because when we get overworked and when we get tired and when we get short with people, we have to remember when was the last time I took a day off because it's part of the rhythm of how God has created us. Now, what should you do on your day off, on your Sabbath? I wanna talk about three things this morning. This is the heart of what Jesus was speaking to. These three things are what Sabbath is designed for, not 37 rules over here that you get in trouble for. These were the things that Jesus was saying that Sabbath is intended for. First one, Sabbath is intended to rest your body. It's not intended to catch up in all the work that we didn't get done during the week. It's intended to be a time to rest your body. And how many of you know that if you don't take time to rest your body, your body will eventually make you slow down and rest? We can go and 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 go. But eventually, if we don't allow our body the rest that it needs, it will rest by getting sick. That's the body's way of saying, I can't do this anymore. You have to slow down. And if we don't slow down on those regular rhythms, that's what puts us into those bad and unhealthy rhythms where we don't get a chance to rest and then we get sick. Our body requires rest. I actually read last week that during the French Revolution, they outlawed Sunday as a day of rest. They said, we're just going to keep going every day, every day, every day, every day. Within a few years, they had to reinstate it, not for religious reasons, but because the health of the nation had collapsed. They were all burnt out. When we rest, our blood pressure gets better. All those stress hormones, cortisol, those decline. And Jesus said, you have to treat your body as a temple. You have to take care of it. We have to allow time for physical, mental, and spiritual recovery from the labors of our week. Now, one day a week adds up. That's 52 days a year, one day for each week. And if you do that over the average lifespan, it's more than 11 years. 11 years of our life we're gonna use for rest? 
Do we ever feel guilty about that? Do you ever feel guilty for relaxing and resting? Do you think, you know, I should be doing something, I should be accomplishing something? Well, Jesus did. He took time to rest, he modeled that in his life. Remember, Jesus came to show us the heart of God, what was important to God. And if Jesus can take a day off, then so can we. We're not more important than Jesus himself. Jesus modeled that. He rested, he recharged because it was important. He wanted to model that in the way that God has created for us. I have this cool sweatshirt at home. I can't wait to get it out. It's, it's kind of a heavy sweatshirt, so I can only wear it during the winter. But it says on there, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus, Mark 6, 31. Isn't that awesome? And I wear it on Sundays proudly because I love to take a Sunday nap. God rests. He rested as part of creation. God is holy. Rest is holy. It's not bad. It's what he designed and created each of us to do. We have to rest our body and do that on a regular basis once a week. Second, Jesus was saying here, Sabbath time includes also moments to recharge your emotions. This is a thing that sometimes we skip over. Sabbath also includes time to recharge your emotions. What are things that recharge you emotionally? Or let me ask it a different way. What is a way that you have fun? That you take your mind off of everything else and you get a chance to just have some fun. You get a chance to laugh together. You get a chance to do something that you enjoy. It allows you to just breathe and enjoy life. And that's gonna be different for each of us because we all have different personalities. Some of you say, you know what? I just wanna go out and walk on a beautiful day. Cool. Some of you love to be with people and some of you love cooking and there is nothing that brings you more joy than cooking a wonderful meal for your family. That's great, do that. I'm not a cook, that feels like a burden to me, so I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go and do something else that, that recharges me and that's fun. So think about that. What is it that you need? What is it that your spouse need? What is it that your kids need? What is it that your grandchildren need? What is it that you need to have fun? To break from the rhythm of everything else and just have fun together. What is not something that drains you? What's something that fills you up and gets you excited about life again? There was a quote I read this week. It says, a world without Sabbath would be like a person without a smile, like a summer without flowers, like a homestead without a garden. It's the most joyous day of the whole week. If you think about our phones that we're so attached to, how do they get recharged? You have to plug them in. You have to actually stop and plug them in so that they can be ready to do all the things that we need them to do. And so too for us, we have to stop, we have to recharge, we have to plug in, and that's where our energy comes so that we can be refreshed and enjoy life again. Jesus says it's not so much about the rules. It's about doing something that allows you to rest your body and to recharge, to get you excited again about life and a new week. And then third, Jesus said Sabbath includes time to refocus your spirit. It includes time to refocus your spirit. We do that through worship. We do that through worship. And worship begins to put things into perspective. My hope is that when you come here to church or when you take time to watch it online, that all the stuff of life, the stuff that weighs on us, the, the stuff that keeps us up at night, the, the constant struggle of life, 
that as we focus our minds and our hearts on God, that that stuff falls into a little bit better perspective. We have more energy, hopefully, to deal with the problem, more understanding when we get a time to focus our mind and our heart first on Christ. I saw this quote by Eugene Peterson. You're going to see it up on the screen. It says, Sabbath is that uncluttered time and space in which we can distance ourselves from our own activities enough to see what God is doing. Isn't that good? It's the uncluttered time and space in which we can distance ourselves from our own activities enough to see what God is doing. And that's what I had a chance to do in that song just a moment ago, is just to say, you know what? I don't want to be thinking about all the things I can't do right now. I want to focus on what it is that I can do and how great and awesome God is in the midst of all the stuff that we're going through. We get a chance to catch a glimpse of the divine. We get a chance to respond to what God is doing in our heart, to restore and take care of our soul. Ezekiel 20, 20 says, Keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. Sabbath reminds us that he is God and we are not. It reminds us that he is in charge and we are not. And somehow that's freeing to be reminded that I don't have to fix everything. I don't have to solve everything. I can set it aside for a little while and let God take care of it. And when I pick it back up, well, I might be surprised at what an amazing God can do. Dr. Sleeth tells a story of being in a group of third-year medical students. There was a group of six students that were together that day, and they were doing their very first lesson in radiology. They took a deep breath, they squared their shoulders, and they stared at the front and side views of these chest x-rays on the screen. And the doctor in charge of these medical students said, do you see anything amiss? Silence from the group of medical students. Well, if you don't see anything wrong, does anyone care to comment on what is right? And so he began to teach them how it is that you read an x-ray. He says, first of all, we can see that this is a female, 20 to 40 years of age. The diaphragm was normal, the heart was not enlarged, there weren't any infections that they could see in their lungs, they couldn't see any tumors. They asked one another some questions. They thought about every obscure disease that they had been studying. Finally, they decided that the x-ray didn't hold any secrets. An hour's worth of looking had confirmed what their textbook said was the hardest kind of x-ray to be certain of, a normal one. They'd gotten the point. A lesson had been learned, their teacher moved to put the films away, they were hungry and they were ready for lunch. As they turned away to leave, their mentor spoke one last time. These films were read by the doctor in charge of the ER last night, the radiology resident on call last night, and the resident on call this morning, and they all agreed with you. But I called the patient to tell her I think she has cancer. What? The group of students forgot about lunch. They turned back to the x-rays. Again, they stared at these films, but they couldn't see any evidence of cancer, even when they tried to talk themselves into it. I'll give you a hint, he said. It's not something there, but something that's missing that bothers me. Even with this clue, they came up blank. They pointed to one thing after another, but each time the radiologist would shake his head no. They were tired. They were hungry. They were ready to admit defeat. 
Their teacher mercifully gave away the answer in his final question. Where is the left clavicle? Where was it? It was missing. They had not seen it because it wasn't there. The patient's collarbone had been eaten away, almost certainly, by cancer. The point? What's missing does matter. And just like the x-ray, sometimes we're missing something that's staring us right in the face. But we don't recognize it, we don't see it. We don't know we're missing it, but we become unhealthy over time. And one week bleeds into the next, and the next, and the next. And we wonder why we're so short, and we wonder why we're so grumpy, and we wonder why we just can't seem to ever feel like we're getting off the treadmill. It's because we don't. It's because we don't stop and pause and make it a weekly rhythm to set all that stuff aside to recharge. If you're too busy for Sabbath, you're missing out on the one of the very things that God has made us for, and that is connection with God. And what does that look like during COVID time? I think it's been a challenge. It's been harder because we've been at home and there was a time when we couldn't even meet together and maybe it's harder to take that time when you're online. But it's important and we need it. And we not only need to carve out time for worship, but what does the rest of your Sunday look like? How do you have times to to recharge and to have fun and to just be able to enjoy life? That's what it's designed for, to put your stuff aside. Even if you have a home office, don't go in it for a day. Make that a different rhythm on Sundays to make it a day that's special, to connect with Christ and to connect with others. Recharge. Jesus said that's what the Sabbath was designed for to recharge your body, your mind, and your soul. And it is so very important. Make worship a priority. And when you get back to your work, you'll feel more refreshed and ready to handle it. May God keep us. And may we find rest for our soul. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, perhaps it's been really hard over the summer and during this COVID time to find a rhythm again for Sabbath and for rest and for worship. But Lord, if we don't, we find that, it, that it's missing, that, that our soul feels cluttered all the time and we don't get a chance to feel healthy and whole. And so, Lord, I pray that if we've drifted away from that, that you would just call us back to yourself to carve out this time to to be in worship or to worship online because it's important and because we need it. And then to find ways, Lord, just to refresh, to not go into our home offices, to leave it be, and to pick it back up, Lord, with renewed strength and energy. Help us to protect that time for our soul because it's important and because it matters. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the precious name of Christ we pray, amen.